seen him grow up, you know, but to see him have so much wisdom and know, he's definitely called for sure. Like, like, ha ha. So um, it was just a great time. And man, and I, while he was talking about his dad, I was like, man, he's kind of hitting on my message too. So praise God. Thank God that we're all on one accord. So we're going to get started tonight. Um, I'm going to make a commitment not to be before you long. Just I wrote everything out. And so we're just going to go with that. So Father God, I thank you for today. Lord, you said according to John 2, 27, that no man should teach you, but you should teach us Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, teach us tonight. Allow the word to become a uh, rhema. And help us to, to locate ourselves and to speak what you would want me to say and declare what you would want to say. And, Lord, that we get great revelation and wisdom and knowledge and that we may know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, man, it was, it was like it was still ringing in my ears. But, hey, that's what we get on in, in praise and worship. We get challenged like that. So, it was like, okay, we're kind of used to it. Well, we're getting used to it. But, um. So what I'm going to be talking about tonight is um, being a servant, um, what what the nature of a servant is. Um, the Lord was dealing with me, but it works kind of cool because um, we're for those that are getting ready to feel like they called to be a deacon, to be in leadership, um, I feel like this, this is a great start. Um, but as I was coming, you know, thinking about some things, it's like, well, you know, what is a servant? And for me... I think I want to go through the class again, and only reason because I have a different mindset, you know, about about leadership and what it is to be a servant. So, I pray this ministers to you. So, um, one of the things I want to say is like we all know what good leaders are and bad leaders, right? How many had bad leaders? How many been under good leadership, right? So we, so I'm uh, this part I want participation and I'm going to ask you like how did you feel and I do want you somebody to have courage to comment but just don't let it be somebody here <laughs> how about that all right so so when you had um you know experience of good leadership I don't even really want to focus on bad leadership we know what that's like but I just want to ask you this how did you feel when you were under bad leadership you can raise your hand somebody raise your hand somebody raise your hand anyone all right, all right, Miss Melody, and then we'll go there. Miss Melody? I felt like uh, I didn't want to be a part of the group that would not stand up for. Oh. Just say it one more time for us. I didn't. This should be I didn't. Hello? Yes. Yes, oh, You can hear me? I'm sorry, my ears are still blocked up. Um, I didn't want to be a part of a group that did not stand for Christian principalities. Okay. All right, good. All right, Mr. Derek. What do you mind? Can I get some help? Uh, I think the, the main thing that we dealt with, with uh, I would say less than good leadership, <laughs> is that um, just the inconsistency of, of uh, direction. Okay. I think I think whenever the, uh, someone lacks a certain type of character for a leader, their direction isn't clear. Um, they have a lot of different directions they want to go, and don't make it clear as to how, what direction they want you to go, and roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, and um, it just becomes exhausting. And then it's like, am I actually hearing from God? 
you know, okay. one of my other things that I'm feeling, just because, you know, whenever you, you bring it up with with uh, that type of leadership, there's always pushback because there's no vision, right? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. You, you said something good, and Miss Miller did it too. All right, Miss Elder Ronda, she raised her hand. All right, so so we can all uh, say, go ahead, Miss Ronda, I'm sorry. Um, well, mine came before I was actually a Christian. That's okay. That's fine. So it was no communication, and they were passive aggressive. So when they wanted something done, they didn't come to you directly. So it was kind of hard following because, <clears throat> like Derek said, there was no direction. Right. And they really never really communicated with us, with the, with the whole team. And I used to work on a team, and the person that was in charge, he didn't really care for us because we was loud. So, I mean, but he didn't really communicate what he wanted. You know, he right. would always, like, put notes. Like, he would put notes, leave notes in our chair and stuff like that or tell us things after the fact. And because we used to, I used to work at Hertz many years ago, and we would get off. They would let us get off early on Fridays. Uh -huh. But if you, so he would, we would, like, go to lunch and come back on Thursdays, and then he'd tell us that stuff wasn't done so we wouldn't be able to get off on Fridays. But he would leave it in our chair, and then he'd be gone, so we couldn't go get him after that. All right. All right. Cool. So, <laughs> well, that wasn't nice, right? So, so y'all said a lot of things. So really y'all gave me characteristics, right? You gave me bad characteristics of a leader. So let's kind of flip it a little bit because we don't want to keep it there, right? So what about good leadership? And um, so we all raise a hand. We all can say we had good leadership. Have you ever had good leadership? I can say that. All right. Let's start there. Anyone want to comment about good leadership and how, what was the experience? What, how did you, okay, Ms. Rhonda. All right. Go, I'm going to go first. Okay. Since I'm sitting right here. Um, the difference between good leadership and bad leadership for me was that good leadership inspired me. It, I didn't feel compelled to do better, or to do more, but good leadership has always inspired me to be better and to do more, to serve, to volunteer, you know, do all those different things without really even having to come out and ask me to do that. I was inspired to do that because of good leadership. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Anybody next? I'm next. I really, I'm next. I, I do have a request. Anybody else? Anybody else? Oh, Jess. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought she went. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, a, a good leader shows you things in yourselves that you don't see. I mean, and that, and that inspires, like Tyler said, like Pastor Tyler said, to be a, to be um, a, a servant. Because that's how I started serving here at Winners. Because when I came, I was like, I don't want to do that. I didn't want to do pretty much anything anybody asked me to do. But as, as I um, sat under pastor... He had, he's a good communicator, and he actually helps you to see things in yourself that you really don't see. So, I mean, I didn't even know I was a leader until I came to Winners. I mean, yeah, I, was, I led at other places, but a lot of the things that are in me now, even though they were there before, they, they were never bought out by other leaders. So, 
That's all I have. Jay. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was good. Everyone had good answers. Um, something I thought of right off the bat was when, whenever I've been under good leadership, I felt more comfortable with bouncing off of I, I like ideas off of them, um, talking through like processes or changes in procedure or even mistakes that I've made without feeling like I'm going to be ridiculed or belittled or my ideas aren't going to be immediately dismissed. So when I can trust someone's judgment within leadership, I definitely feel more kind of like a little bit what Tyler said, more motivated um, to come to them not only with like, hey, this might be a good idea to start or try or can we change this, but also, hey, I made a mistake. And for me, that's always been really important to feel that kind of, um, that kind of build that relationship in that way. Amen. Raphael, did you, did you raise your hand up? I, okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss you. All right, last person, and then we're going to move forward. <laughs> I think a good leader leads by example mm -hmm. rather than just telling you what to do. Very good. Everyone had great answers. All right. So we, we get and we understand what's good leadership and what's bad leadership and the result of. And again, everybody talked about the, the nature, the character, and what that looks like. So here around Winners, what God has been really talking to us about is about all these things. I just want to say that you all have been called to be leaders. Because if you've called of God, you're called to lead. And where you are right now, it has no indication of how far God wants to take us and go. But just to know and accept wherever you are right now, you are a leader. We are even leaders in our own life. And a lot of times we look at how we lead in our personal life. That does matter. But one of the things, um, as everyone's been talking, especially in our leadership, now I will say my part is we do have great leadership here. I've seen, the, I've been under the worst, but I've been under the best. And I've, I really can say as being a part of Winners for over 12 years, this is where I've learned how to really reflectively be either or. So, um, so one of the things about, let's talk about a servant. So a servant is a person that performs duties for others. They're devoted and helpful, a follower, a supporter. That's in the Webster and Miriam Dictionary. That is my contribution to you all. <laughs> so, but if you, that, that is the nature. So that's what the dictionary says. So now let's, let's talk about how do Jesus define servant. And then also it's a noun, but servanthood. So if we know we all call, and this is what I'm saying, like what does that look like? So one of the things um, the Lord was dealing with me about, that in leadership that we, we look at things different, the perspective. If you ever have encountered Pastor Ziggy, and we do on a regular basis, Sunday, Wednesday, revival, he talks about a lot of times about the perspective, how we see things, right? Our sight. You know, the Bible talks about we walk by sight. I mean, by faith and not by sight. Thank you. Thank you. We go to a word church. I'm, I'm, Y'all own it tonight. So if that makes a difference, a lot of carnal Christians and even us, we have struggled with what? Our sight. So I looked up um, uh, this week, nearsightedness and farsightedness. I wish Gabby was here because we could have put on her knowledge, right? She works at a doctor's office. But nearsightedness is this. It refers to the difficulty of seeing objects at a distance. 
You can only see things clearly when they are close to you. Uh, you don't have to declare that's what you are. Just know if you are, that's what that is, right? So um, farsightedness vision is this. Technically, it's, uh, farsightedness indicates that you can see distant objects better when trying to look at anything near you. For example, you may have no trouble reading a stop sign from afar, but find it difficult to read text if your phone is too close to your face. <laughs> so the Lord was dealing with me about, you know, as we see ourselves, that we all struggle with either being farsighted or sided, And we have been both. You can be both. But Looking into the perfect law of liberty and what Christ says, that's why we have to put our eyes toward him. He wants us to get our vision correct. The Holy Spirit and the word is the balancer. So it balances out what? Our sight. Our sight and what we are renewing our mind to. So this is the definition. So the definition for being uh, a faithful servant, according to the Bible, is to be devoted and helpful follower to God, to be ready to act as God nudges and inspires us. That's why I like the word inspires. Um, to help meet the needs of other people and to remember that it's not about money or personal reward. So when we, when we look at what a servant is, you're a leader. So we all, uh, when we first started uh, the first deacons and went through the training, um, I think Hilda did a section of it and pastor when they were casting vision, we were first called servant leaders. At that time, I didn't really know what it meant, but that really what it means to serve others, to follow. But if you're following with nearsightedness or farsightedness, it's hard to do these things, right? So God wants us to get a vision as you take your journey, as we're um, in this year discovering our purpose, discovering what God has called you to do. You need, we need a fresh perspective of what it is to serve like God wants us to serve. Because when you're serving, these things will try to clog up your vision. And the vision, what, what, what God has for you, and the vision for Winner's Church. So one of the things about serving is um, joy, finding joy in serving. Um, a, a lot of people said of their experience, they didn't find joy with the leader that didn't have a clear vision. They didn't find joy. They wasn't inspired. But the inspiration has to come first from our leader and who's called us. And our leader is the Lord. So when you are walking this out and seeing that, hey, I'm not getting the, the recognition that you may deserve or desire, we have to go back first. Who called you? And if he calls you, and I got on my shirt, if he called us, then he's able and faithful to complete the work that he started in us. Right? So serving with joy. Let's go to Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. So I'm going to start with four. I like two. But this is the highlight point of serving uh, with joy. Hold on here. Let me get to it. So let's start at three. It says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. So, you first got to be lowly, so that mindset of being lonely and not vainglorious. You know what? 
You got to have the joy to do that. So vainglory is this, getting an ego trip. I thought that was interesting. We all have egos, right? It's part of uh, something that is a part of us. But Jesus Christ left that position in the heavenlies to be born in a cave and live his life in the flesh as a servant. He came off the throne in glory to reach down and to save each soul that will repent and come to him. And his love for each of us. He took the stripes and with the stripes and gladly gave his life to, so that we could be redeemed for our sins. So we have to take the position, and uh, this is what Tyler talked about, humility, humility of service. So when I was hearing all this come through all this week, I'm like, Lord, what does humility look like? A servant putting others first. When naturally, if you've been under a bad leader and we know and experience that, they didn't put themselves first. Because I think Derek said, he pointed out, they, they had their own idea. And so your own interest. Recognizing as you serve and you becoming a servant, recognizing, really self-identifying. Is it my interest or is it the interest of the greater good? We're talking about the vision. Is it my interest or is it I just want to get my point across and what I want to do? That's being vainglorious. So our point of view versus God's point of view. We are not to consider our own point of view. We are to look out only for not our own things, but the common good of others. Are we moving the vision along? These are concepts I didn't understand when I first became in the leadership and in deacons. So I struggled. I struggled a lot because of farsightedness, nearsightedness, and having my own strong opinion of you. So being humble, you have to lose your identity. That's what Christ did. He lost his identity. He knew his deity, but he lost his identity. So it took on the nature of a servant. And that servitude was for us. He had us in mind. He, had a, he knew the goal. He said, I die. He gave his heart and his life because he knew what the end result was going to be. And that was to die. To die for us. To live so that he would be our example. Somebody else said to be an example. I think Jess said it. So y'all all talked about these are the natures of Christ. So we can all find ourselves where we at in that process. Well, becoming a leader, and you already said, we are leaders, right? So becoming that leader is to constantly going over this, taking that checklist, evaluating yourself. And I love, this is why I love Pastor. When he tells us these things and we find out where we are, it does hurt. And then he preached right back talking about being able to accept the hard things. I had to be able, and you have to be able to say, I'm not as humble as I think I am. I'm more vainglorious than maybe I give myself credit for. You know, that don't, that don't look great. And then the Spirit of the Lord is visiting us and showing us who we are because we pray for it, we ask him for it, and now we're finding us. I'm encouraging you because I had to be confessed to myself, I'm more encouraged than discouraged. That should be our attitude today. We should be more encouraged that God thinks more highly of us and what he's invested in us. That's that incorruptible seed. That incorruptible seed cannot be tainted because it's all of God. It is all of God. 
is all of who we are and who we are to become in the natural. That's encouraging. All right, so let's go to four. Four says, let each of you look not onto his own interests, but also to the interests of others, right? We talked about that. So, three, let it be done not through strife, vainglory, but in the loneliness of mind, each esteem others. So, again, what does it look like? Let's go to Matthew 23, 11. So I like this, um, uh, this story. This is the encounter about the disciples. Let me get to it real quick. <clears throat> so we're going to start at, we're going to start at one. There we go. Eleven. So Jesus was a great teacher. So the other point would be being teachable. Being a servant is also being teachable. So um, let's start at chapter 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding the 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to um, preach in the cities about the kingdom. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Number four. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. Five. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Part of being a servant is not being offended. So if you see, there's a precursor in there. He was teaching them and teaching the disciples. So I thought about it. It was really more disciples than the 12. So I, as I was reading on down in, the, in this, I was like, well, what happened to them? What happened? Well, some didn't make it. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Chosen means they passed the test. They went through. They endured. They were able to be steadfast in what? Becoming a servant, becoming a disciple, becoming a follower. So here's the thing. You're called, but in the journey of becoming a servant, a follower, a leader, that the leader that Christ wants us to be and what he's already called us to be, you got to be determined that you won't fall away to the wayside and throw up your hands and give up. You have to be determined that no matter what, seeing yourself, enduring hardships, seeing the lack thereof, or even seeing poor leadership, that you're not going to give up. Jesus sent the disciples out, and when he went out and they went two by two, he said, shake off the dust. Go to the door. If they receive you, preach the word, right? When they preach the word, everybody wasn't happy to see them. Everybody's not going to be happy that you're a leadership. Everybody's not going to be happy that you're a leader. Were people happy when you got born again? Uh, no. Especially not the people that you hung out with, right? 
But it was something about even that that took a stance greater than anything else. You were transformed in that moment that you were sure that you knew that you knew. You didn't even know enough worry, but you knew you were saved. You knew something happened. So as you go on and on your leadership journey, remind yourself of this. I'm not going to be deterred and I'm not going to get lose sight of the vision. Don't lose sight of the vision. Because the people that started out with them were with them. They had the same confession. What did they say? What did Jesus say? Come, follow after me. Take up your cross and walk. But how many was committed? They were in their hearts. But then when things start to happen along the journey, they forgot about what they confessed. They forgot about what they signed up for. Preach. Amen. They forgot what they signed up for. Don't forget what you signed up for. Don't forget. I've had to constantly on a regular basis remember. So when you sign up, whatever you sign up for, you're leading. You're leading. And when you find yourself leading, so, so, so say, say, for example, you didn't lead well. Well, guess what? We know God is a God of more than, more than a second chance, right? It always come back around. Be determined that you're going to get in the race. You're not going to be on the sidelines. First of all, we all been called as winners, and we all came from different places. But when I first came, the first service that I saw in the Salazar building, and I, I was so excited when I saw it, but it came back to my remembrance. I see me, I was in a boat, and... It was somebody in the boat, and I knew it was a teacher, but I was just, it was all different kind of books, and I was just throwing them out on the side of the boat. Well, at that time, what was revealed to me, I knew I was going to school, and I was going to be taught, and I was going to be abandoned what I've been taught. I've been here 12 years. I'm like, golly, that's exactly what is happening. That is exactly what the Spirit of the Lord is doing to each and every one of us. Abandon what we've been taught. I did not see in that boat any books that said anything about religion, resistance, bad attitude. I probably would have been like, no, those are not my books. No, no those are somebody else's books. <laughs> I just couldn't see what was on the books of the spine of the books. I couldn't really see them. But now I would probably say I was abandoning pride, self-centeredness, arrogantness, pride. Uh, uh, nastiness, old religion. For, I mean, you, you could just name the gamut, whatever your books are. Those are the books you got to, are challenging you right now to abandon, right? So those are the books you got to be open enough and honest enough to get rid of. Amen? Amen. Man, y'all are quiet. So let's go down to 11. Same, same book, so I'm going to go to 11. So it says, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women and have not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. <sighs> that, that's a good point of leadership as well. You know, having this haughty, uh, Romans 8 12 talks about this, not being more haughty than you ought to. 
Well, that's another book. Not being more than what you think you are. That's again about the far-sighted and the near-sightedness. But being uh, sober, being able to look at your own life and being able to say, man, maybe I, I'm not all the cat's meow, but I'm where I need to be. I'm, I'm right where I need to be. You, we are right. I don't want to say dab because I don't know if that's a bad word. We're right where we need to be. You are right where you need to be. You are right on time. You are right scheduled, right on time. Whatever you are dealing with, whatever God is working out in us. It, we, man, listen, these are the days I feel like I got a revelation of being in the valley. These are the areas I can thank God and be like, man, this is the time. I thought I've already done this already. I thought I was good because it really doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It matters where you are in the process. So as we're taking this journey of our process, look at it different. It's not, I felt like what was come to expose me was come to damage me. Now I see it as what has come to expose me is come to change me to be perfected by Christ, to be more like him. Because where we going? Others, we've already said, we've seen bad leaders. Do you want to be that person or do you want to be the person that inspires others? Pastor inspires us every time. There's leaders around here that inspires us all day, every day. Well, I had to come to the fact, which leader are you, Carolyn? Which leader are you? Which leader do you want to be? So there's some things you can see in, in leaders that may not perform as well, but there's a good note you can say, hey, they, they got some work to do. They still in the kitchen cooking. <laughs> You've been made over, baby, made over by Jesus, the Lord himself. He loves you just that much that he want to make you over, that he's not giving you a do-over. He like, you ain't never out. You're in. You're only out when you totally walk away from Jesus. Me and Pastor, uh, yeah, that's right. Me and Pastor Tyler was talking about this young guy. When you're not, when you sit down, that's not when you out. It's when you walk away. When you walk away from the Lord, that's why we say if it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, where would I be? Because some's faith is shipwrecked. They don't have the testimony that we still have, even though some days is stronger than the others. How about that? But it's still a testimony. It's still you hanging on. It's still you got a hope and you know God got a future. You may not see it clearly, but this is why we're getting our eyesight right. Because the more we look into the perfect law of liberty, the more we keep renewing our mind and seeing ourselves as Christ sees us and not how we see ourselves not being worthy and all of this stuff and taking upon his nature the more you can say, I can see that. Because we already said in Genesis, he said we good. So if he said we good, then why do we say we bad? Right? Why do we say we bad? We got to change our confession. So it starts with you. Because I create my own world. I've created my own world. You created your own world. So it, your world is governed by your words. We talk about it around her all the time. I love that testimony. I was thinking about Pastor Ziggy's dad. 
And I, I was listening to it uh, because I've been going back through some of the recordings of, of, of the words that's been given at our church just from the top of the year. And that, I, I, I ran up on the one, I think it was, it was Supernatural Increase because that's what I've been listening to, where Pastor says his, his dad says, yeah. I was like, you know what? Not only is it ego, but we can see godliness in that because you have to look at the reflection. And the reflection that you see determines your attitude of where you go in God. So if you don't have a good confection of your own reflection, and we already said the reflection of Jesus is the reflection we need to adhere to, what are you thinking? What are you looking at? Are you looking at the reflection that others are saying about you? Are you looking at the reflection that you said about yourself in private? Because no matter how many people pump you up, that's what I love about Sunday. I was reflecting on Sunday because here's the deal. Nobody had to touch us. We were totally aware of the manifested presence of God. The awareness of the presence of God came to minister us. No, at that time, we, when you only are familiar with the laying on the hands ministry, when God, listen, when we got born again, nobody didn't touch us. I was in a mental institution. I bet somebody would touch me. Okay? Don't touch me. Don't touch me. But a lot of us wasn't privy to being touched. But we know that the Bible says that Jesus was touched with that same infirmity, that same weakness he was touched with, and that was the same care and love that touched us all. They gave, we gave our hearts to the Lord, and we like, man. And so we were reminded when we did something different, because we all know, listen, everything changed Sunday. And that made me come from a place of not being so needy to have the laying on the hands ministry, really. That's what it did for me when I stepped away, and I was thinking about it this week. Because, listen, at the end of the day, from now on, we, yeah, it has its place, but we can be touched by God anytime we want to. At your house, in your car, in your bathroom, in your shower, wherever you want to meet God, you can and it all started with your willingness and obedience to step out and do something different. And we all called it. That, that was the word being preached and manifested. That was us calling on the name of the Lord when you stepped out and did something different. That was us saying, Lord, I can't do it. If I could, I would have did it already. That was us submitting ourselves unto God, the higher authority. That was us taking up our cross and bearing it and laying down everything. Because that, in that place, that was the place of change, and that was the place that we all can back date and say, that was when I met the Lord. Nobody didn't have to tell you you was touched. Nobody didn't have to tell you you was born again. Now, the devil may try to, to trip you up and made you think you weren't born again, but you're still here. We are still here. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So as a servant, we're no higher than our master. Our master is Jesus. People in the military, they understand the, 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 the degree of that, that a hierarchy of authority. Jesus is the head of the church. But Jesus always points us back to who? The Father. The Holy Spirit points us back to Jesus. And, and then Jesus says, I only do what my Father has sent me to do. And then the Holy Spirit says, I only will say 
what the Father and Jesus says. That's the hierarchy of authority. Then the church, if Jesus is the head of the church, he's given some pastors. Uh, that's our authority in this natural life. So why do we have an issue with authority? That's the other thing. As becoming a servant, we have to recognize and be comfortable and literally lay down your authority. Your authority to be a follower. So we can only imagine what happened to the disciples. Right? Some said, you know what? This is too hard. I don't want to do this. This is, this is too much. Maybe it was like, uh, Jesus don't know what he's talking about. Or the teacher, the Messiah, don't know what he's talking about. Maybe they didn't fully trust him. Maybe some wasn't fully on board. And they thought, you know, I can do this better. Oh, these are all things that come up when you start following. I'm not making this up. <laughs> If you ever go out to outreach, you, this is why when you serve, I want you to be aware that when you serve and you're thinking about doing deacon and any ministry or being a part of a ministry, these are things that you're gonna, your flesh are going to wrestle with. So just know that if you wrestle and you come up against these things, this is our way out. This is the vision. This is the word of God. The Bible is your manual. Really, uh, since I got that book about Terry Nance, it's really a manual. I heard Ted on the regular talk about reading it. You will find yourself that the Lord will lead you back to that book. You know why? Because there's so many good lessons. And it's so many good lessons in that book. So when you get the book, uh, if you do the PDF, fine. But I, I, guarantee, I want you to encourage you as a leader here that serves on the team, get the book in the handbook. You know why? Because if you're a squiggler, if you like making notes, if you like highlighting and unwriting, now don't give your book away. You may got something in there you don't want nobody to see, so you can't have my book. But the book will help you because there's some things that you read on a PDF. Now, I'm, I'm all for technology. I'm kind of old school. But you get to get in there because it's, it's going to be your manual besides the Bible if you're in leadership at this church. And I'm telling you, you're going to be pulled on the carpet. You're going to have imitations. You're going to have all the things. But when these things come up, you got to know how to handle these things. And so the Bible says that we're fully equipped. Say fully equipped. Fully equipped. Amen, you are. So uh, 13, for all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John, if you will receive it, this is Elias, which was far to come. He hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's hear today. The Lord's been speaking to us, church. We, we all know it. Some of us, he, we, we're growing up. We're growing up in the grace. We're growing up in God. All right. Enough about that. All right. So the other point is about 11. But he who is the greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever exalts himself will be humbled. So that was the point about that. When you exalt yourself and have an inflated idea, that's where um, uh, pride gets in the way. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. See, that's, that's the key. You can, that's the key. Promotion comes when you honor the Lord in serving instead of honoring men. Oof. Oof. 
But when you have insecurities, you are always pure to want to honor men before you honor God. I got a book from somebody, and that person loved me to pieces. I'll tell you what. The book I got was Honor the Lord. That is wise wisdom. <laughs> I've been reading that book. Man, listen, this person, they follows the Lord, and they, they live for him. Because this is the book I really needed. Because to, I was like, well, Lord, how do I honor you? Because you can't get it done by honoring men. Men will change their opinion about you. Men will pick a side. Men will forget that you were ever born to do anything great. Men will say, you know what? You're not in. You're not trending. And so you'll go here, go there to try to get a word or do whatever to be fulfilled by men. But it's only your fulfillment. Your fulfillment comes only. I think it's when you preach up here. I think so. <laughs> it only comes when you honor God. That's the one thing I've learned. But it, it, it's been this year. I know. Praise God. I got a good confession. Honor God. Before men. Because what God has called you to do, there are going to be people ain't going to like you. We're atmosphere changers. And I'm telling you right there, when you change the atmosphere, devils do not like you. <laughs> That's what I know about me. Devils don't like godliness. So if you called in this church, know that you're going to ruffle some feathers even if you are nice. Notice it ain't have nothing to do about your personality or your attitude or not your attitude. If you're a person that want to play well with others, just know that the devil don't want to play well with you. So just have it in your mind that I'm going to not play well with the devil. Flat out. You can be nice. But don't lose your witness trying to fulfill and appease everybody. Because that's what, what we get into, too, in the dynamics of leading. Well, how can I please this person? How can I be this person, you know? But here's the deal. If God called you, he called you. He called you. He called each and every one of us. And it's going to be different. The, man, the, the leading, the expression may be different, but the manifestation of the godliness attributes got to be the same. They got to be the same. So, so serving God and serving men. Um, go to Luke 9.23. Oh, sorry, I made a weird voice. That was weird. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 9.23. All right. Amen. He said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. I'm going to read 24. For whosoever will save his life loses it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall he save. So, um, when we first went out in uh, uh, outreach, that was a thing. Well, people know me here in Oklahoma City. I don't. So whatever your hangup is for not serving to the best of God's ability, get over yourself. I mean, that's what the, I'm saying. What the word says: lose your life, lose your life to obtain his life, because we say we want the blessings. This is, now, this starts back to supernatural increase. 
Because that's what putting God first. Not our reputations, not our status, not if we're single, not if we're not, not if, you know, we, we're not a Facebook post. We are the children of God that are going somewhere expecting God to show up when we show up. So, really, it's taking out the element, well, that's not what I do. Well, what do you do? Because if I'm... If we're going by Bible standard, we've all been called to go ye to all the world preaching ye the gospel. I don't care how you do it. I don't think he really cares. He just wanted to be a part of your life. There's an aspect you're going to do it different. It's your job and how you see fit. Because the Bible we talked about that is by uh, being led and guided by the Spirit. So how he leads you to do it is going to be how he leads you to do it. But how you do it has to be the same. The manifestation has to be the same. So you get the training how to serve, to be a servant leader here, to go out to do it out there. So if you're not showing up for the leadership, servanthood opportunities to learn, you're missing out. You're missing out. How are you going to do it? Because you're missing out on the stuff I'm talking about. All the good stuff. All the stuff that you, 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 you can't flex a muscle to, because here's the deal. Every person in leadership can testify. They, 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 we didn't see everybody carnal. Well, except Pastor Annie. <laughs> I think she's the only one. Pastor Annie. Gosh darn it. Oh, there's some. Like, I've never seen Jess. You know, there is some. Let me take it back. But they can see somebody else being carnal. But they love you every step of the way. They'll love you. They will love you. That's why we keep coming back. I serve amongst leaders that love you and put God first. Right? But how we produce that and multiply that is we got to get everybody on one accord. And you got to begin to see yourself in a servanthood manner. Now, not when you get, get your little, I don't even think we got a certificate. Like, we didn't get a certificate. Okay, you may not get a certificate, but you might. I don't know. Hilda might let y'all get a certificate. But you may, whether you get that, you know, you've all been empowered because God has called you. So these are the things to avoid while serving with joy. <laughs> and we went through some of them. Self-centeredness. I, I do have some scripture from some. We don't have time to read them, all the scripture. Uh, I said self-centeredness. Pride. That's Proverbs 11.2. Strife, offense. I put strife equal offense. Because if you're in strife, you're going to be offended. You can guarantee. You can bet your bottom dollar. You are offended. And I love the ones that say, oh, I'm not offended. Oh, you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Because I said it too. I'm offended. Okay? <laughs> but this also will help you in the area of strengthening your relationship with the Lord. Because there's a lot of things you can't really say to somebody else. That's the other thing. You can't be gossiping about how offended you are. I mean, you can, <laughs> but it won't do you any good because another leader going to kind of look at you and be like, I'm going to pray for her, okay, or him, you know. So, so a lot of times your growth going to come out of these times of affliction. <laughs> Let's call it that. These are the times of affliction, <laughs> all right. So religion, and we already located that that's the thief. That was, these are the books, I'm telling you. If they would have had books on names on it, these would be the books. Uh, religion, that's the thief. No, leaning too much on your giftings. That's another one. That's another one you have to avoid. So listen, 
I probably have probably served in almost every area of the church. That's not a bad thing. But what I want to say, so when you're serving on multiple areas, that means you get under the fire of being challenged in a lot of areas. So, yeah, you're burning, baby. But you're burning to be more reflected like Christ. Praise God. Let's praise God right now. Amen. Praise Jesus. Lord, thank you for challenging us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the strength and the fortitude to live like you want us to live, to be more like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because listen, if you're never challenged in these areas, how do you know what's in you? We talked about the lemon, the lemon, or any uh, orange what squeeze, what comes out? What comes out? Well, what come out of Jesus when he died? He received sinners. He was the seed. What comes out of us? Well, that's what we're determining now. And we all can determine it don't look so good. But amen. We're becoming more like him. That's the hope that we have because we prayed it all the time. And the Lord be telling me, because when you think your prayers are not effective, I want you to know, if you're going through, your prayers are effective. Because, listen, you, we've been praying uh, committal prayers. That's what they're called. Lord, let me be more like you. Change me. Oh, let me, uh, Lord, I, you know all that? Well, this is what it is. This is it. That's it. You're finding yourself. You're finding the areas of carnality. We're finding the areas that we can do better. We're finding the areas that we can lead stronger. We're finding the areas where we have more grace. We can give more grace. We're finding more areas where we can be more loving. We're finding more areas where we can be more accepting. We're finding more areas that we can really walk how he wants us to walk. And then it's reflective. Going back to the, our pastor's dad in the mirror, not Michael Jackson. What is the reflection in the mirror that you see? And if it's not so good, it can be changed. It can be changed. Praise God. And the Lord wants to do it. So we, the Bible says that we work with the Lord, that we're co-laborers with Christ. So we have to work with him. Don't run from him. Let's work with him in this season of time. Let's work with him. And as you get, um, even if we're rebuked, because a father, a good father rebukes those, he'll chasten you. The Bible talks about the chafe. If you ever hear that word in the Bible, it is not good. It is something that needs to be separated. Talks about the wheat and the tear. These are things that need to be separated. God is trying to separate us from the world so we can be more like him. I'm still on more like him. Man, my God. Okay, so these are the things we can focus on. This is the good part. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. And then I'll be done. The gospel is this. Things to focus on while you're serving and becoming a leader. More like Christ's leader because you're already a leader. Humility. Love. 1 Corinthians 13. The spirit of God. Uh, James 4 and 6. Self-sacrifice, unity, Ephesians 4, godly wisdom uh, in your responses, being God-centered and God-focused. These are all things that why you are correcting your sight. Because the thing about corrective lenses, I got on corrective lenses right now. 
And it's for the person. Remember back in the day where they had the lines? If you have lines, I'm not, I'm not talking about you. But they had the lines that mean you had to wear bifocals. That means you need constant corrective, right? Is that what it means? That's what you're going to be doing. That's what we've been sent here to do. So when other families coming, because they will come, they're coming, just like you, and you feel like you didn't fit, or you feel like, oh, where do I fit? Where do I go? So plant yourself on this right here. If you got called here, you're a leader. If you got called here and then you start leading in the church, keep your eyes on Jesus. Focus on him. But as you see things come up and be revealed about you, stay the course. That is my encouragement and my exhortation. You stay the course. Stay the course. Because when you hear stories that some of us that are telling, listen, we were a mess. God knows you are a mess. But he brought us all together for something great. Do you know how many times I went back and forth with this. The Lord had to correct my lenses right now. Because it's something when somebody tells you something. But when God shows you, baby, you, you get it corrected. He's like, I don't want you to bring this up again. That's how it felt like to me. Cullen, don't bring this up again. Don't bring this up again. Like wherever you are in your relationship, the Lord will start talking to you different. I felt like the Lord was like, Curlin. I'm not saying he put his hand on his head. I don't know. But I did feel like he like, girl, baby, don't say this again. <laughs> don't say this again. <laughs> you know, if you ever date somebody and you keep saying, but do you love me? Do you love Girl, I love you. But if you say this woman, because you, you coming off like you ain't sure. God is saying to you, I love you. I called you. What you mean? Am I sure? So you calling me not sure. You said I'm crazy. You said I made a mistake. That's what we be saying when we like, God, are you sure? Are you saying I'm, I don't know, I don't see it. Well, correct your lenses. Get the, clean your glasses. Perfect your vision. By faith is now. I will never say that. I will never confess that. But that's the valley. That's been my valley. Yeah, there's been some other stuff along the way. And here's the thing. Nor sickness, nor principality, nor power, no good report, no bad report can separate you from the love of Christ. Because you've already endured it already. You've already endured it. So if you already didn't do it, square your pants up, hold your head high, and thank the Lord that you, he ain't counted you out. He's always counted you in. And then he says, now I can trust you with my people. That is the final thing. What determining your heart, what type of leader you're going to be from this day forward? Because the, the thing is, we all know bad leadership because we all made, came from it. And it don't have to take that long. Don't be the children of Israel wandering for 40 years saying, Lord, I just, I need some good leaders. I, you know, I didn't pray for good leaders. That's all I've been ever wanting. Listen, he didn't send you here. 
Now, don't get it twisted. A good leader will show you when you're wrong, but it's how they do it, I think. I've been asking the Lord, Lord, how do you restore one gently? He's showing me. Every time we're under my pastor, it blows me away. I said, I'm not there yet. We have great examples. I am so grateful that he called me to be a leader. And I will walk different before each and every one of you. Because what God has placed in you is the hope of glory. What God has placed in each and every one is the reality and his nature and his likeness and his attributes. How dare us say that we can't go through what we need to go through to get to the other side to be the good example for somebody else. That's ultimately what we're saying when we, we say, nah, I don't know. Not this time, Lord. Because he's coming back. He's coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle. And that's us. So as you're, you're walking this out, no, you're not the only ones. And no, I can't tell you when it'll be over. But what I can tell you is you don't have to have a bad day serving here. You don't have to have a miserable time. I've wasted too much time. Don't let your stance here be wasted on all the things you could be focusing on someone else. I have someone in my life right now. I get to talking crazy. He'd be like, can we, can we focus on something else? Because you're wasting your time. That's what you can ultimately be doing in a season that wasn't, wasn't even permitted for you to be in a wilderness situation. I, I had all the excuses, and they were valid. But were they really? To carnality, to flesh. My eyes are hurting. Praise you, Jesus. But the reality is this. Though none go with you, will you still follow? I don't have anyone here at this time. And the Lord showed me, Carolyn, you're really a miracle while you're here. You could have been out. The days I want to run from here, listen, I, I, but you know what was my confession? I said, God, in tears, in heartbreak, I said, God, I don't have nowhere to go. I don't know where else I can go that's going to teach me the way I get taught. I don't have nowhere else to go that'll show me who I really am. He said, then quit crying then. <laughs> he said, quit crying then. Quit crying. Quit crying. That'll put some air in your cells, won't it? Because if we say that and we mean that, I mean, where, where can you go? And I always do confess, I want to go. I want to be sent out. Well, the disciples were sent out. But who came back? Who came back? Who came back? 12. The 12 came back. They were for real, for real. And them 12 ended up minus the one. We won't, no names. We won't name names. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> That's what happened with that. But the 11 that came back and the one that got counted in, he just, it was already provided. Look how easy it was for him to fit. Like, you know what I'm saying? He fit. 
He didn't do the beginning. He came on the, after the Pentecost moment. Hey. So some of y'all on the Pentecost moment. Come on. Y'all fit. We rooting for you. Now, when you don't show up, we'll call you. Somebody will call you. But you fit. Okay? So be rejoiced. Stand up. Hallelujah. 759. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Look, I'm working it, baby. I'm working it. I'm working it. Because, listen, if you're going to be a leader, you got to work it. You got to work it where you at. You got to work it. You got to work it. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a greater measure serving. Serving. But serving with gladness. I'm looking for some to return. Hallelujah. Because that's promotion. That's the expansion. And listen, the blessings will come. Because every leader, listen, y'all see our leaders? Man, I can't, listen. Stand up. Let's go. We're standing. Oh, <laughs> oh not in spirit. I mean for real. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't communicate that well. Amen. 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 Do you have any questions? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. We good? Our minds and hearts are clear? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Father God, I thank you tonight. I thank you, Lord, for you just confirming your word to us, confirming all that we need to know as we carry out this season, that, Lord, we're going to follow you wherever we are. And we're going to do it with gladness. We're going to do it with the sight of you in mind, to being God-focused, being God-centered. And what you say about us, we're going to rehearse the victories and the prophetic word that has already been spoken over our life. So, Father, we thank you. Bless each and every one. Bless uh, our pastor, uh, Gabe and Cherie and uh, Nakia, Lord, as they're wrapping it up and they're coming home. But, God, bless each and every one, Lord, and let this resonate in their hearts as well, God, as we know it already is. So, Father, as we leave tonight, Lord, give them something, this, some, this something for them to chew on and find the areas and where they can work it out with the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.